This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. That one you levicated to all the bicycle riders seen. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR 8.55am and digital. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last era of current affairs. This is Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio. We're a show about bicycles, cycling and related transport issues coming to you from Melbourne, Australia from the studios of 3CR. And my name's Chris and uh, we've got a someone in the studio who hasn't been in for quite a while. Morning. It's Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello. Good to get you back in. So what have you been up to? Um, yes, not, not, not coming in the studio, which is pretty tragic, really, because it's such a great thing. Well, um, you know, it's nice to come in and see 3CR and all the right. things that are going on in here because it's a pretty happening place. It's kind of like one of the, you know, it's the only place in Melbourne where you'll hear stuff like, well, you know, Melbourne Bicycle News and events. That's and right. on today's show, um, our big interview is a recap with David Barella from Bike Sydney, who you will remember we had on the show probably only last month, but we've had a back down on the New South Wales Cyclist ID laws, so we've got a free-ranging interview with David today, plus um, quite a few other things he's got to say. Steve. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. Um, so the weekend had the Tour de Melbourne Fixo crew running another event. So hopefully everyone had fun riding around. We saw quite a few that. of them yesterday, yes. didn't we? Yes, there was these people riding through. Some of them look might have looked a bit lost, but yeah, that's what I think it's all about. Doing a Fixo event with sunscreen and shorts, eh? That's a bit of a bit of a difference to um, doing the. Uh, doing the cobblestones in yeah, rain, Ruby. yes, <laughs> and mud. Mm. Right, um, we we're talking about some news. Oh yeah, there's a really interesting thing at the moment, which is not really bicycle related, but I think it could be. There's a new initiative that's asking women to where they do and don't feel safe in Melbourne CD, and it's basically how livable is Mel- Melbourne for women. And this has been put together um, by a couple of groups, and. Um, yeah, this is uh, it, uh, da, 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 Suzanne Legana. I hope I've got your name right. Um, she works with the Children's Charity Plan International and she's met young women who have been harassed or attacked or simply feel uncomfortable when moving around the city. Now, this is, you know, it's, we can't believe it's all, you know, um, everything's fabulous with cycling in, um, in the big smoke, really, because there's a lot of stuff. Even I, as a relatively um, elder states person, I, I don't feel sometimes particularly uh, welcome or safe riding around particular areas. Now, this is somewhere where it's a website, You can um, it's a digital mapping tool where you can put happy faces or unhappy faces uh, where you feel okay riding around, well, I shouldn't say riding, but actually being in that space. Similar to the black spot. Black campaign. spot stuff. So yeah. there's no app, it's just a website? Yeah. Well, it's... um. 
Well, I'm interested in this. Is our friend Anthony who does Bike Spot and Crowd Spot is involved with this? Right. And it's called Free to Be, and the data collected from Free to Be will be shared with Melbourne City Council, public transport officials, bar owners, policymakers, engineers, and architects. And this is kind of like as a as a bicycle type thing. This is what I'm really interested in. This. Now, Free to Be will be online for another two weeks before the data is passed on to public officials. So you can go to plan.org.au. Hopefully, we'll have a bit more information on that. But I will see if I'll put um, a direct link on the podcast, Steve. Yes. Oh, so another bit of news, important things. Um, Merry Creek Water Main Renewal Project, Preston Reservoir to Merry Creek. Um, if you ride along St George's Road, be aware they're starting to do those works on the water main, so which means the thing underneath the path you ride on is going to be dug up. This is like uh, Northgate, Thornbury, Preston. Yes. And I did notice on the weekend that they were putting up fences they'd blocked some of the uh, crossroads so that's actually a bonus because that means there's less uh, chance to be t-boned while on the path but it also means that soon there'll be earthworks happening and guys in vests and more importantly people holding up signs to say don't ride there you'll get run over by an excavator um, or please wait while we move our excavator um, and then you can ride through. It looks like they're doing some work to ensure that you can uh, re- like remain using the path while this goes on. And where can we find more information on that or, and or a phone number or something? Okay, this came from Melbourne Water. So I am looking for the... Um, well, maybe Probably we'll might be something on the... Um, if, I think there's a whole bunch of um, numbers you can call. Can I just have a look at that for a moment? Um, it's not on that page. Oh, I thought it would be. No, it's not on this page either, but it did come from Melbourne Water. Mm. So I suspect there's a long URL, but you don't want that. Um, and there is no... Uh, yeah, so basically uh, we'll go to, to yoursay.melbournewater.com.au slash m40. Or I would say uh, give City of Derebin a call on their switchboard. Because yeah. um, this has got subject to a fair bit of public consultation, people getting a bit annoyed about, oh, they're going to rip all the trees out and they're not going to replace it. So there's been a yeah. lot of community um, discourse over this one yeah. to get a good result because, uh, yeah. That's it. They're calling it the M40 water main mm. and pipeline, so that would be something that uh, maybe you could gargle and find. Yeah, so obviously we can find a phone number for it because not everyone's online. No. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll get straight into the interview with David Brail from Bike Sydney about... Uh, Friday's big news about a bit of a well, massive back down on the so-called cycling by stealth bicycle cyclist ID in New South Wales. Back in a tick. Hi there, my name's Ruth Hazelton. Hi, I'm Julian Wilson. We've started a campaign on change.org called Hands Off Radio National Music, protesting the axing of music in general from our national broadcaster. Music on Radio National is essential to the culture of diversity and identity of Australia, and we'd like you to sign the petition if you agree with us. If you'd like to support us, you can do a Google search for Hands Off Radio National Music, and this should take you to a Facebook page and also the petition page on change.org. Hands Off Radio National Music is a 3CR supporter.
Friday the 2nd of December was a media release from Duncan Gay, Minister for Roads and Maritime and Freight Leader for the Leader of the Government Legislative Council in New South Wales saying, identification solutions for bicycle riders. And uh, it sounds like a back down on the ID for cyclists in New South Wales. David. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Pretty good. That's good. Yes, look, it's um, finally a bit of good news for riders. Um, that said, I'm, I wonder first if actually ever they were going to go through with it. I think they would finally have just worked out they couldn't possibly run with this. There was just too much attention, too much pushback would have come, and particularly in the political landscape where here in New South Wales, you may know that in recent by-elections, um, the coalition have absolutely been hammered. They've had swings against them of like 34%. Um, on matters such as, well, not because of the matters, but things like um, greyhound bans. So there are issues going down here where super strong signals are being sent back to the government. No, things, just such draconian ideas such as the ID won't run, won't fly. They're saying now that bicycle riders will be encouraged to use emergency contact cards as an alternative to mandating carrying identification following consultation with peak cycling groups, which include, I believe, Cycling New South Wales and Bicycle New South Wales. As well, yeah. that's right. Look, now, these emergency um, cards, though, I mean, that's basically anything, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. So I, I, I haven't even, it's very rare of me not to look deeply into these matters, but um, I, I've just glossed over that because I think basically that's uh, weasel words to get out of. We're embarrassed to say this was such a dumb idea that, you know, it's a face-saving sort of effort to say, look, it's a good idea, you should do it. Uh, we're on the right track, um, but, you know, we'll we'll insist that you do something. We're not sure. We'll back down. So um, not, all, all as it was before, I think, and nothing to sort of pay attention to. Yeah, because um, in part of the media release from Duncan Gay, Bicycle New South Wales presented findings from the Bicycle New South Wales members survey showing that about 93% of bicycle riders already carry ID, meaning there'd be no charge to what they're already doing. No, that's right. It's a yes minister situation. And um, uh, I, I think um, it's good that light is made of it. I don't think we should forget where we're at with things. I think the bigger thing out of this is actually the call it makes on actually cycling advocates to sharpen game because I think you're absolutely right to attend to what you're saying. Um, it's weasel words. They're backing out. Yeah. They're just trying to find ways to save face. But, you know, we also we all must not be so happy with ourselves as though, in, in fact, maybe it could be that we at all did not influence this and it was just something they saw politically was too hot to handle and they were never going to get away with. It just will have triggered all sorts of accusa- well, fair accusations of draconianism and authoritarianism and so on. Really, ID cards for citizens in Australia? Wow, you know. <laughs> I think both of us would both re- would both remember the uh, stuff over the Australia card in the 1980s. I can remember songs being written about it and uh, protests and all sorts of things. It was about the same time as hex fees coming in. I don't think so, folks. <laughs> so it's a look good, but um, we, we just need to be a little careful that um, let's, on the one hand, Let's hope that this is finally the last uh, pendulum swing back. Mm. But at the same time, let's not lose sight of the fact that if that is the case, and aside, um, how far to one side the pendulum has swung. That, that's the bigger thing here. So it's a t- an opportunity for all advocacy organisations, especially those particularly prone to attending roundtables without strategy, to be there, to be seen, to be having a word, to really reset 
and to, you know, some of these organizations don't even have advocates. So there's a lot of people overrepresenting their interest in cycling advocacy, where in fact they don't have a capacity at all. Um, I've watched uh, several sort of um, social media announcements and e-newsletters that came out on in the back of this announcement, largely um, circling on, hey, what a great time. It's great that we're now free in New South Wales. And, and it's, it seemed to overrepresent that organization's contribution. And it's a little bit, no, no, people, you need to get serious about this. We're, we're in a cycling advocacy groups all need to be careful not to be too happy with themselves at this moment and need to be resetting themselves in a very serious way, funding um, cycling advocacy, getting people employed to do it, not just sort of throwing out a statement once ever some, some sort of opportunistic moment comes up. And getting some real strategy, uh, you know, so we've got still a lot of people who are advocating things for, without going into it now, mandatory helmet law, and that we're in this situation, we must not forget, it was many years ago, that, um, born of the fact that there are advocacy groups that sort of proposed, in fact, fine equivalency and so on. So this is just the playing out, finally, after probably six, seven, eight years of ideas that were very poorly set um, way back when that's that's sort of rather put us in this situation. So we need to change that and we need to really get smart and progressive, focused and funded about um, cycling advocacy. Strawberries, cherries and an angel's kiss in spring My summer wine is really made from all these things We are so lucky at 3CR Artisan winemaker extraordinaire Luke Lambert has given us some wine to share with you It's $15 folks That's a major bargain There's Shiraz Chardonnay and Rosé and you can drink it all summer long and toast 3CR. Call us on 94198377 or you can go to the 3CR website and look for the 3CR shop. Cool, that sounds easy. So are we posting it out? No, you've got to come into the station. Just make sure you come in before the 23rd of December. Awesome. It's going to be perfect for those hot summer days. Strawberries, cherries and Luke Lambert is a 3CR supporter. And you're indeed listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, digital, on demand and a whole bunch of stuff. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. I'm just going to go into the second part of the interview with David Barella from Bike Sydney about New South Wales bicycle ID laws being reneged on and a few other things. I've got to bring up that in the final sentence of uh, Duncan Gay's media release, they're not letting go of this, and to, <laughs> to, to reinforce what you've just been saying, the New South Wales government has also made it easier for people to hold two forms of identification at a cost of less than $15 for the secondary card. Now, the secondary card, what they're talking about, is how uh, Cycling New South Wales and Bosco New South Wales can now make sure that you can have a secondary card. It's, oh, man. That's right. No, we, and that's right. The, the, this, is symptom, this is what you've said. It's symptomatic of the mindset that, okay, well, 
you know, let's be let's present ourselves as amenable, negotiable, reasonable. Uh, not that we shouldn't do those things, but it's people. This is an idea that should be and should have always been dismissed summarily. Not yeah. we'll come around to it and okay, look, if you give us the this, we'll give you that. It's just forget about it. Let's just reset. Um, people will have different opinions. That's good. That's the great writing community's pro- uh, propensity. But whatever is one's opinion, I don't think there'll be so many that think identification of, of writer, well, sorry, to say mandated, mandatory ID is a great idea. And this this is a typical response where we go halfway back. This idea should be dismissed summarily. And people need to get back on what are the conditions that actually make it safe. Do you see the way that we're not talking about the very cause purportedly that for which this thing was brought in, you know, right of safety. We want to make it safe for you. And so higher fines, IDs, this is all in your own interest. What rubbish. Let's go back to talking about what actually will make it safer. Let's not forget this year, fatalities and injuries are going up, not to be a harbinger of bad news, but very, very definitely have these measures not worked. And they should be treated in that way. They should be dismissed outright. So we shouldn't be looking for this halfway house. It's something that we've brought up several times in the show is looking at issues from first principles and critical thinking and we can get caught up in the peripherals and this is what happens a lot with cycling. It's a lot of, to use an Americanism, a lot of Groundhog Day stuff goes on. Like I keep on seeing things replicated over like a 20-year span of the same issues but they weren't dealt with correctly in the first place and we keep on getting these remnant or legacy issues coming up of you know put bluntly absolute bullshit the way that um riding for transports dealt with in australia yeah spot on and again um uh, not not to circle on theme circled on but um i think cycling's challenge is um yeah sure funding we we need some proper savvy people being um if you will advocates but what we really need them to be is representatives of cycling um, and to the interests of, of other of other communities, and particularly um, the health department, transport, yeah, sure, um, but also you know activation, community, social benefits, mental health benefits that come from all of this. Um, so we need people to engage, engages um, on that to bring the story to the mainstream, because it's ridiculous that we've put ourselves in this situation to still discuss the things that we do, whatever that be, mandatory helmet laws, cycleways, not. Funding and and we all know that that with cycling is so underrepresented, ridiculously underrepresented that we're now trapped in this rhetoric of, you know, whatever it is the government will make the theme of the day of seems to be they've managed to constrain our discussion, our our dialogue amongst ourselves in those spaces, and we need to bust out of that. So you're absolutely right. Mm. And the um, you know, so what's needed, I think cycling's challenge at the next stage is a comms challenge, not a technician, says me who's a technician. But I think it needs people busting the benefits of cycling out into the mainstream. And it's a lay down was there, but we've got to stop just res- responding to whatever the whatever bone is thrown us by governments as oh, fines or helmets or you know, it's ridiculous. We we can our, our rhetoric, our dialogue, our discussion, our discourse is is contained to such a low-grade um, analysis that we need to just bust out of that into the big opportunities. Look, I'm looking back from a, um, going back only just on 10 years 
when um, in a previous life I, I, I worked for a, a cycling advocacy group called the Cycling Promotion Fund, which I now I think is known as the BIA. There was a document put out called Cycling Moving Australia Forward, and that was sent to every politician in Australia, every, um, House of Reps in the Senate. I believe that was a little bit of a high watermark, you know, that was trying to push that out there. We've receded. Now, I think that's actually kind of the same time as a lot of reactionary politics, pu- putting a general spin on it. But, you know, we really have receded in the last 10 years. And we, we, as you were just saying in this interview, that we're kind of reactively dealing with things as they're chucked at us. And we should be actually kind of like, no, we're going to set the agenda on this because with the amount of pressures piling up on Australian cities and regional centres, cycling for transport and alternative means of transport should be very much on the table. No, that's right. And I think there's actually accountability to be put at the feet of our decision makers. Um, forgive me again, I'm speaking as a New South Welshman to a Victorian audience, but the, um, you know, how many bike plans have we gone through here? Oh, that, man. That same thing? And, and another <laughs> one will come out. And I just want to disrupt that, that process. So you're right, it's reactionary. Um, I'm not going to mention Trump, but the political um, landscape that's, that's prevailing upon us now is, is, is bad enough. But that said, having having made the call, you know, let's ourselves bust out of it and just say, um, you know, for example, Bike Sydney last week was appealing to the, what's the Greater Sydney Commission is the new state planning authority, even higher than planning New South Wales. And we're making representations to them to, to you know, get cycling baked in early into the early things. So on the one hand, yes, um, the message I think is a little bit, hey, let's disrupt this current dialogue because it is, as you say, Chris, you know, reactionary and responsive only. It's Mm. not leading and anticipatory, not talking to our our assets. And that is, by the way, funnily enough, from a coalition government. I mean, is there anything more libertarian, liberal than um, riding a bicycle? You know, free, autonomous, uh, doesn't require the state. It's a massive messaging messaging opportunity. I have a bit of a different take on that. With authoritarian governments, they like to plead the libertarian thing as long as they're the ones in charge oh absolutely no there's a <laughs> this is for another time but there, there yes. is un- unquestionably uh, political hypocrisy in in these companies i like to call them but in these in these poli- governments being called liberal absolutely it's ridiculous that they might be called liberal but if it is that they tout those principles mm-hmm. it seems to me there's there are a few things better than cycling that sort of respond precisely to what it is in principle, they're, they're sort of championing. Anyway, leave that aside. But I just meant cycling's opportunities to go to agencies that want to be progressive, understand the benefits, the way that will bring communities together, health benefits, um, decongestion. It's just I, I, I just wanted to close out on it's time, I think, to hold leaders accountable. That is, you know, yeah, well, don't just keep, keep telling me that there's congestion of cities and so on. What are you doing about it? If you're not doing the cycling and walking thing, and it itself is not going to resolve everything, but... We're that desperate. Here in New South Wales, we've got desperation about real estate prices. And it's time to, to put upon our leaders that, no, no, you're going to have to have an active plan that will show results within three, four or five years. And cycling is one of those nimble, flexible interventions that can be done quite quickly. If, if the political will is there, they can show outcomes and benefits and cycleways and off-road paths, greenways, green grids, you know, very quickly, actually. Mm, mm. So it's an easy win for them to do. We're saying to you, government, all right, you know, put up or get out.
join the Refugee Action Collective for the Human Rights Day fundraiser on the 10th of December at the Reverence Hotel Footscray. Come and enjoy some of Melbourne's best music, comedy and performance poetry. Your support helps with costs of future RAC campaigns for refugee rights. Check out the Reverence Hotel's website for details. Tickets are $15 or $10 concession. Refugee Action Collective is a 3CR supporter. If you want life, you want love, you want hope, you've got to fight for it. You want freedom, you want justice, you want peace, you've got to fight for it. You are invited to Sampari Exhibition in support of West Papua. Sampari Exhibition featuring a series of events celebrating West Papuan culture, supporting the West Papuan people's goal for self-determination. Sampari Exhibition, art, film, debate, environment discussion, food and music. Opening Friday, December 2nd, 6pm, running to Sunday, December 11. ACU Gallery, 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. More information, Sampari Exhibition, Facebook. Hosted by the Federal Republic of West Papua Women's Office, a 3CR supporter. And you're on, back on Yarrabug Radio, and we've got the last part of our interview with David Barella of Bike Sydney. To return to point, I'm just, I'm just returning to Duncan's, uh, Duncan Gay's little media release. And that's just a good bit to close out on because I think it does sum up uh, what we've been discussing. Instead of making identification compulsory from March 2017, bicycle riders will be encouraged to carry identification or new cards with emergency contact details. Emergency cards will be made available through Cycling New South Wales and Bicycle New South Wales. Isn't that a great get out, uh, David? Uh, it is. Let let them do it because it's just self-saving and I think ultimately what this is flagging, um, uh, to me this is the, in prospect I grant you good news, is I think this is a backing down of the government because it probably signals Duncan Gay uh, being tapped on the shoulder and, and yeah. asked to leave over the, over the Christmas break. So I think they're preparing the ground and so that's the real good news here, whether or not, you know, ID cards uh, will run or not. Of course they're going to disappear now. Um, then I think what a great thing is, and let's see in a few months' time, is the moving on of Duncan Gay. But, yeah. you know, let's let's not crow too loudly. Let's set our sights now on whoever is that next comes in, and they better be basically um, cycling favourable. Yeah, well, after the Orange by-election, that gave everyone a bit of a fright in New South Wales. And Andrew Constance actually put out a very interesting media release in the last few days about something about $30 million going into cycling and transport options, which has been a bit overlooked. So I might put a link up to that in the podcast. That's that's the, exactly the response we want. And those mm. those two tidbits together, yes. I think, see, give, give one cause to think, as I've suggested, that maybe things are about to change. But by the way, maybe not in big enough a way. So... Let's all let's all stay on the front foot, positive. Let's own the narrative, 
Um, and as always, we are positive. Of course, things have to be said at some times. And these things do need to be dismissed summarily. We need to reset our thinking, our strategy, our vision and, and claim the narrative. I think that's the opportunity here. Thank you so much for having a chat today, David, from uh, Bike Sydney, talking about the uh, back down on compulsory ID for cyclists in New South Wales. Wonderful chatting to you, Chris. And that indeed was an interview with David Brella from Bike Sydney about some interesting events in the last few days in New South Wales. Steve, yeah, that that um, time for time to sort of you know not celebrate that uh, fact that it was a uh, a win. It, it's in fact you know you haven't won. They've backed off, so it's it's time for anyone who considers themselves advocating for for cyclists to do a bit of a, a recap and a and a review of how did it actually get there. Not, not what did we win, and 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 nope. let's all let's all celebrate because you didn't. They when you they back down when they back down. Um, it may not have been you at all. It may have been totally to do with with other forces and other reasons. So yes, that orange by election up in that, northern New South Wales could well be. Anyway, that's all we have got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Um, thank you too. Um, Trevor, I would believe, at Audax for sending us in uh, a complimentary copy of Audax Checkpoint, a magazine for long-distance cyclists. You know, and you look at the front of it, Trans Oz 4000, Tomorrow 400, Honeco 12... 11, 12, 12, 12. These, yeah. these are for cyclists who do really long distances, but it's fun, isn't it, Steve? You that's, should know. That's right. So if you're interested in going for a longer ride, mm. look up the Audax website. Okay, so as I said, that's all we've got time for. Up next is Dirt Radio. And don't forget to subscribe or donate to 3cr.org.au and also look at our podcast, should be up shortly because you won't hear these sort of voices anywhere else or news anywhere else on uh, Melbourne Radio. And I don't think there's even a podcast, anything like this. You think so, Steve? No. Nah, this is unique. So. This is unique. Get so, it while you can, people. Okay. We've been around since 2008 and we're prepared to keep going. So up next, I said, is Dirt Radio and we'll see you in about a fortnight. I think 3CR is the voice of the people speaking back to the establishment and telling them what they think and sometimes it's something they don't want to hear. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to www.3cr.org.au.